You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> All right, I think we are live. Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of Chairgate, and I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live once again from Destin, Florida. Actually, yeah, in a different you're location. You're in the hotel now, and I'm yeah. Home. This is <laughs> yeah, I'm the one that is in the hotel. Uh, joined with my co-host Dakota. What up, Dakota? What's up, everybody? Live from Atlanta, Georgia, and we got a big episode ahead of us because we have the man himself, Jordan Bianchi, joining the show, pulling strings. The man is here. What's up, Jordan? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. This is fun. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, hell yeah, man. All right, Rattlesnake, let's start the show. Let's do it. What's up? It's Chair Gating coming at you live. Hello, come right in. Rock flag and eagle. Yeah, I hope you like that, Jordan. That's our, That's our little spill there. We're just, <laughs> like we're just I just a drink, couple... though. I need like a cocktail or something. Hey, by all means, we uh, marry you. do you, man. I, <laughs> I got to work after this. I, I, oh, I shouldn't. God. The work never stops over there. <laughs> yeah, uh, after this. Oh, man. <laughs> damn. Uh, but, you know, we're just a couple dads. We enjoy racing. Uh, you know, we've got a little show going on where we just like to break down every week and, uh, pretty much laid on the table and how we feel about the race every weekend. Uh, but it's cool to have like guests like you on and just break down stuff. I appreciate it. That was fun. And I, Bristol gave us plenty to talk about. That's for sure. Oh, dude, <laughs> this was rattlesnakes first Bristol, by the way, this is, uh, wow. we, we knocked the rust off and got them there finally. And, uh, we're going to talk about all that too. It's just, okay. Bristol never disappoints, man. Like Bristol is always, you're never going to leave there, Matt, like upset. Just even, even if the race is bad or not, quite what you thought it was going to be that place as a whole just has that special feeling when you walk in i agree i remember the first time i walked in there it was actually just a few years ago and it's really hard to comprehend what it's like i mean it feels like a a small little like football stadium with you know that's just surrounded by these giant bleachers and it's a big bowl it's it's hard to fathom that you know it's a hundred and i don't know how many seat they seat there now one hundred twenty thousand or whatever it is it just it's it's unbelievable. It's there's nothing like walking into Bristol. Yeah, dude. Um, Rouse Snake, how'd you feel about it? Yeah, yeah. My first time walking in there, and I've been to a lot of college football games, a lot of SEC games. So as Jordan mentioned, that's immediately what stuck out to me. I was like, well, this is a college football stadium. Like that's that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like in the middle of the mountains with a little tiny racetrack in the middle. I'm like, how are people even fitting in the infield of this thing? Like the haulers look like they can barely back out of this. So it was just wild. It was just like nothing I've ever witnessed. Oh man. And if, uh, you know, if people didn't know, I mean, I, you're huge to us, but like, yeah, so you're, you're a report, you're, I guess a motorsport reporter for the athletic. Uh, I mean, how would you describe your job title? Uh, motorsports reporter, primarily NASCAR. Uh, that's the vast majority of what I focus on, but I do, you know, do others forms of racing as well but motorsports uh basically 
writing news, breaking news, and in-depth features is what I do for The Athletic. And it almost seems, I guess you'd call it a, a, a hobby or second second job doing the podcast with Jeff. Uh, it always seems like you're just, Jeff's all about it, and you're like, yeah, I guess I'll help you, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's basically it. Like, I am just there to um, basically troll him for an hour, yeah, an hour and a half. You're there for the banner. I, yeah, I'm just there to like, I really want to get him to snap and I've, I've gotten really, <laughs> really close. And last Saturday night, well, technically Sunday morning was probably the closest. Like he was just done I with li- me. I listen to y'all every Monday morning, like at work, because y'all put the podcast up immediately after the race yeah. almost. And I, so every Monday morning, like, yep, the teardown's what I'm listening to. And you were, you just kept k- killing him. Be like, yeah, the dirt race, right? The dirt race. And he was like, I'm getting off. I'm, yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. He is, he gets, he gets legit like sometimes upset. Like he rolls. I wish we, we need to do what you guys do and have like a live stream. Oh, his be facial reactions are just really what makes it. And I wish people could see this because it, it, it's everything. And then when he gives me that kind of reaction, all it does is like add fuel to the fire. Like I'm getting there. I know what, I know what this is doing to him. I'm going to keep pushing because if he didn't give me that reaction, I'd, pro- I'd stop in a heartbeat. <laughs> oh man but yeah dude it, it, i i love i love how you keep it real on the show he'll always Thank be like you. well what do you think about the fan you know what about this and you'll be like seriously like no like no <laughs> it's not you, at all i, I try to you know, obviously you try to balance i mean you want to be honest I, you, uh, first and foremost you have to be honest with what you're you're feeling and thinking but there's there's also a line of like hey let's not don't criticize just to criticize you're going to criticize be fair and be balanced and try to like offer like here's some constructive reasons of why this didn't work and what could be better just piling on or just ripping to rip that has never been a, a philosophy that i've really agreed with yeah i mean I, I think you take them same aspects into life like not even like you're doing your job just keeping it real about stuff or you know or even having conversations with regular people um but dude, man, we're so stoked to have you on here, Dakota. Which one of us keeps it real? I feel like you're uh, hinting at something. <laughs> he keeps like mentioning this. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I, I really I wish I could just tell. The he's Hamas the wild co-host. card, and I'm like the Bruce Fraba guy of us two. <laughs> All right, I see. I'm the one, ba- I see what I'm you're the one backing him down. He's either a, he's either asleep or he's balls of the wall. <laughs> That's pretty fair. But man, we got we did the Bristol night race. We got down there early Friday. We went to see Michael Watcher Brew, and that was fun. And then we we most I mean it's all I was literally like, I was like, whether we eat here or not, let's just go get a beer. The first yeah. thing we did when we got into town, we went and got we got a couple beers there, then moseyed over the track, uh hung out hung out a bit, and then we walked in the Xfinity race. And I always, whenever I bring new people to Bristol, I'm like, I got it. I want to get their first reaction. Like, I want to see their face when they walk up the bleachers. Because every time, like, since I've come there as a kid, it just, TV does no justice of, justice of how small this place is. And uh, we put some good content of that up there. But, man, I, so why don't we have more night races? This is my thing. Is like, Bristol under the lights is so iconic. But then I was thinking, and then looking at the schedule from last week, and I was like, why Why not do night races? I know TV, ratings, people, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, dude, this is this is it. Like, this is what we want. You, you're you right in the sense, like, you, you, Bristol night race is iconic, and it's fe- special. And so is Daytona, the, the, the regular season finale at Daytona, Saturday night race. That's great. But you hit on the reason why there aren't more night races and why NASCAR really in the last few years has shifted away. Like Richmond used to have two night races. Now it's got zero. It's about TV. Um, unfortunately, the reality is, is that Saturday night races don't draw well tele- in, in terms of television viewers, especially in the fall when you're going against college football. You look at the ratings for, for Saturday night's race at Bristol – which was an entertaining race. And I think if you were a fan or not even a, a fan, if you were just someone to tune in, you were probably going to be like, wow, this is, this is good. It didn't draw that well. If that race would have been on a Sunday afternoon, the reality is it probably would have drawn better even against the NFL. It's just the reality. Saturday night is a dead night for television. And it's and television dollars at, in all sports, as you guys know, rule everything. And they dictate a lot of what happens in sports. Well, thankfully, it didn't ruin attendance because, <laughs> wow, that, that place yeah. that was, was the biggest ass. crowd I've seen in years. Probably like the last five years at least. Like that crowd, even before the race, we were like, dude, this, this, the energy with the Chills. pre-race, like goosebumps, the yeah. C-130 flying over, man, mm-hmm. that place just does it. Uh, that's all my, you reminded me too of like, remember the COVID race and they're like, we're going to do Wednesday night. Yep. I'm glad we got to like get our toes wet and realize that was a failure. 
Because I was kind of like, okay, Wednesday night, but I was also like, dude, I'm getting, I'm working late. Like, I don't even know if I can make it home in time for the race. Yeah, I mean, that's, I agree. I, I really was glad that they experimented with that to see what it's like. I still think that's a winning concept to do, not on the regular, but like one race in the summer, you know, just one, yeah. make it special, make it somewhere like that. The, the, the Wednesday after the major league baseball's all-star game in mid July is the deadest night in sports. There is nothing going on. Yeah. And that would, to me is like an optimal time to do it. I, I would love to go to some short track somewhere like at North Wilkesboro or something like that and race there like a 200 lap race on a Wednesday night on primetime television. I, I think you would get viewers and I think you just have to build it up and get, you really have to promote it. And that was the issue with the, the, the COVID races is there just wasn't a lot of promotion and people didn't know and everything was constantly shifting. It felt like, so I, I hope it's an idea that they revisit, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the, you're like, you were saying promotion wise, I feel like, I mean, we get commercials and like we, they bleed the commercials to death, but I feel like half time, like I have, I have several buddies that are like half ass in the NASCAR. Like they'll watch Bristol and Dega and stuff. But like they're like, I'll be like, hey, y'all, y'all gonna watch the race? They're like, oh, I'm busy. But like, I told him I was like, I told him like, hey, Bristol Night Race cut off playoffs. This is gonna be one y'all are gonna want to watch. Like, you're gonna watch it. And then they were like, dude, this place looks awesome. This is sick. They're like, they had no like it, me telling them was the only way they knew about yeah. the race being on. And it's like I always wonder too is like just maybe you're half ignorant fan out there that's just like, oh, is there a race? I didn't know when. When was it? And it's like, especially I think everybody thinks NASCAR's on Sunday. So maybe even changing days around is like, oh, but I think pr- just promote promoting things is like a, something NASCAR or even NBC or Fox could do better. I don't think there's such a thing as too much promotion, and it would be nice to see more and more, especially um, – You can never have like, too much. Never, never, and especially <laughs> during programming that isn't you know related to NASCAR. And and I think you know sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't, and it's hard. Um it's unfortunate because Bristol should be one of those races. Like you said, it's circle on the calendar. Like, Oh my goodness, this is Bristol night cutoff playoff race. This is going to be great. Like we have to watch. And, and people showed up at at the track, which was incredible. I mean, a great, great crowd. there, the best in years. And I can't tell you why, uh, you know, there weren't more people watching. I just know that Saturday nights, it's just really tough. And I don't know what the solution is because you don't want to lose that environment on a Saturday night and and move that to Sunday afternoon. Cause I don't think you'd have the same electricity, but you also want better ratings. I don't know what you do. It's almost like that, uh, you know, everybody's kind of bitching, complaining about the Easter Sunday dirt race that we all love so much. Um, we're big. We're real big Bristol dirt race guys here, too. <laughs> um, but I was like, I've already yeah. seen so many people complaining about next year, that being on a Sunday night, Easter Sunday, light and like what they could easily do it on Saturday, I would think. But then it's also, the you know, the rating they're looking for. I, re- I remember um, – when the Coliseum thing, they seemed mm-hmm. like they advertised the shit out of that. Like it, I saw it on everywhere, any channel I was watching. And I had people at work that don't, don't even watch NASCAR. They're like, are they really racing in a football stadium? Like <laughs> people were asking me, they know I'm the NASCAR guy. They were asking me and I'm like, yeah, you should check it out. And like, people were curious, like that didn't watch NASCAR. And it's like, we should just do that for all the races. Yeah, and that was the beauty of the, the Coliseum. And Fox, I will say, did a really, really good job of promoting that. I mean, you saw it, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you saw it in all their big programming, and it was great. And they pushed it really hard. And that was the thing. of Like, they're really going to race a, a race inside the Coliseum? Like, get, yeah, what? they're right. building a track. And it was a novelty. And that was cool. And it was like, are they really going to pull this off? And they did. And I think that was one of the reasons why it was so successful. And they raced on – they didn't race on a Saturday night, too. They raced on a Sunday night on the East Coast. And that helped a lot. And I think it's great. And it's kind of the same logic behind like going to Chicago, whether you agree with it or not, <laughs> it's like this novelty of like, Oh my goodness, they're going to build a street course in downtown Chicago and they're going to race there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch that. And the same with the Bristol dirt of why they put it on Easter. Like that's a good marquee time slot. And you've got this novelty of people are like, wait a second, they're racing dirt at Bristol. Like if you don't know NASCAR, you're like, wait a second, Bristol, like not a dirt track. So, I mean, it's, it's these, these kind of experimentations that so far have resonated and they've hit on their three for three so far. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we are on record as doubters for the Coliseum. Like sure. we were, you know, like there's we're no the way fence. this works is a crazy idea and it worked. And we've admitted that we were wrong, that clearly that worked. Um, 
we have the same mindset going into Chicago. So <laughs> they're going to have to prove us, uh, yeah. prove us wrong. And, and that's wrong. understandable. Like I understand why people are doubting the Coliseum. Like it's okay. I mean, you, you look at that and you're like, this isn't going to work. Like, you know, if the track isn't going to be successful, it's going to come apart, whatever. Right. And same thing with Bristol dirt. And the first Bristol dirt race did have issues. Let's not ignore that. And, and I, it's okay to have reservations about Chicago. They've never raced on a street course before NASCAR. Um, is there going to be enough passing? Can you race side by side? I mean, to me, my concern is I feel like if one car crashes, a bunch of cars are going to pile in and you're going to see a lot of cautions and things Roval like that. 2.0. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is all legit. It's a concern. And But I will say this. I always say you can't hit a home run if you're afraid of striking out. And you in that, you know, in, yeah, NASCAR is going to fail at some points, but I, I would much rather have this than what it used to be. We go back 10 years ago and look at the summer schedule. And, and what it was like then, and just how monotonous and frankly boring it yeah, was. Yeah, at least a trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I try, like, I love, like, okay, I appreciate them trying so much. I appreciate, like, we're going to change it up. But I'm also like, I didn't say road course. <laughs> Jordan, do you do you think, as the uh, this question is asked, do you think that the clash will move around? Yes. Um, yes. The, I, I would. The only thing I've heard about this is they've chose the Coliseum because it was big enough to fit um, a racetrack, and a lot of other stadiums aren't necessarily. Hundred percent, and, and you're right. Yeah. I mean, there are. It's not a universal thing you can take to every football stadium. Right. It has to be a very f- specific football stadium with enough openness uh, on the on the on the field that to allow a construction of a of a, a racetrack. And to answer your first part of the question, yes. I mean, the idea behind this is to be able to go into markets where you don't have racetracks. You know, if you want to race in, say, New York City, you get no track there. But, hey, maybe we can build a racetrack inside a Yankee Stadium or one of these other stadiums that are within the market and make it work. And I, my understanding is, the conversation I've had, is that this is an idea that if this continues to be a success in year two, you're pro- it would be... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. It would be very unwise not to try to move this around and make this special, right. whether that's New York, Mexico somewhere, Canada somewhere, overseas. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, if you have an idea that you can build this stadium that or this racetrack inside a stadium that works, like, hell yeah, let's let's bring it somewhere. It's clearly a hype success. Like, you're, you're almost – if you keep this – you can. it's like a gray area. You keep this going, but you can go too long. Yeah. And, like, hey, hey, like, look how good this is doing. And other cities see this or maybe like, hey, we, y'all could bring this here. We could bring this kind of revenue. My to concern community. is if they do try to go somewhere overseas or somewhere international, um, how much strain that might put on the teams to have to travel so far. It, it, it's a fair question. And, you know, with these cars, I mean, it, you know, it, it's a fair question. Like how much strain do you put on these teams? You know, you look at Formula One and they're globe trotting, you know, right. everywhere. Yeah. So like there is a model you can kind of follow. Maybe you pad a week in the front or the back end and give these teams a week off. And so that kind of thing. Yeah. I just think there's a way to do it. And, you know, you've got to worry about the time change. Make sure that, you know, you're racing at an <laughs> apple time in Europe that, that matches up over here. But these to me are, aren't obstacles that can't be overcome. And the one thing I will respect about NASCAR is they've really changed the mindset of, of finding reasons of why we shouldn't do something and, and sticking and saying, hey, we can't do that because of this X, Y, Z. And now it's no. Yeah, this could be a challenge, but we're going to find a reason to do this A, B, C, D of why we can make this work. Dude, yes, I spot on. It's like there's so much to go into that. But it, like you were saying earlier, like you don't know if you don't try. I mean, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't work, like, OK, well, we tried that. I mean, 
people still talk about the Dell Earnhardt Jr. and Jr. thing in Japan. In Japan, like, yeah. We still talk about that today. It's yeah. like, even if it's just, an, you know, some exhibition wild off race, is it's, I'm not against it. Like, let's try something. Well, also, I got to ask then, Jordan, just in a blanket question, how do you feel about the new schedule? Uh, for 2023? Yeah. I think it's great. I love the variation. I love those road courses. I love there's a dirt track. I love that there are less intermediate tracks, though this next-gen car does race better on those <laughs> yeah. tracks, which is much <laughs> That's better. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, but I, and I love, you know, I love the fact that trying a street course, I, I don't know if it's going to work or not like we talked about. I don't know if this layout is the right configuration. But, again, try it. If it fails, great, we'll move on. Um, and, and I love the fact that you're bringing back North Wilkesboro, which is like a right. really cool thing. And this all-star it's race. gravy on the state. What was that? <laughs> I said it's like putting gravy on the state. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like it, that is going to be I – I, I'm very curious to see what the secondary ticket market is for that race because you're only going to have – I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do for the seating and everything. I think it's going to be around 20000 It could be more, but I think it's going to be around there. Well, Oh, I was going to say they did the pre-sale and the internet yeah. couldn't even handle it. We couldn't yeah. get we, yeah, couldn't we couldn't get our donation so in. It's clearly yeah. going to be a knock out of the park. But I do like how they're trying all this changing, adding all this stuff. But they're also like, hey, we still remember you old fans. We we still got <laughs> you, boy. You know, North Wilkesboro, you know. But it, then I'm also like, look at the attention and popularity that's getting. I Like, I'm super stoked about North Wilkesboro. I'm like on the fence with this street course idea. Sure. It's like you, you, okay, the new fan might be like he's hey, trying to right. he's trying to be PC now that you're here. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I <laughs> he's had stronger words. The thing about this guy, and I agree, and then like I, it, I'm okay with having reservations about Chicago. Like, it, I, like right. I said, I, I get it. it, it's okay, it makes sense. And I think the good thing about this schedule is that it affords you the opportunity to kind of cater to your old school fan, right? right. Going back to yeah. North Wilkesboro. You're probably going to have a race in Nashville at the fairgrounds in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking at adding more short track. I mean, they're, they're turning Fontana and California into a, a short track. So you've got these these elements that are really catered to an old old school fan. And that's great because you need to do that. You cannot ignore your fan base and what what is your bread and butter. But you can also experiment a little bit because you've got 36 races. And you can kind of get weird and say, yeah, you know, we're going to have a dirt race at Bristol. Yeah, we're going to have a, a street course in Chicago. And, like, you can have a little bit of both. You don't want to go too ex- far on the extreme, but, like, having a one here and one there, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I, and I go back to what I said. Even if it fails, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to be permanent. Like, this isn't like, a, hey, we're going to race at Chicago street course forever. Like, no, this is a three-year thing, yeah. and this is successful. Great. If not, we'll, we'll move on. I do appreciate that. Yeah, that, yeah. like – we get we get the Chicago Street course, which a lot of like fans like us are like, ugh, rolling our eyes. But then they're like, but also you get North Wilkesboro. We're like, oh my god, yeah, whoa, we've been okay. asking for that forever. <laughs> well, and also like you're saying, it's like Road America, you know, here for a limited yeah. time. Come while you can. Sure. You know, it's not going to be on the schedule. You're not. Yeah, I'll RIP, go to, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Atlanta next year and the next year forever. But it's like, yeah. you know, hey, I need to go to this race while I can, while it's in my area, or why it's close enough for me to go, or something. Um, and then like, uh, Hey, well, in you know, a couple of years, Hey, it's coming back. You know, mm-hmm. you can bring it back to the schedule, keep kind of mess, you know, messing everything around. It is neat. It's neat. It's all a lot to talk about. I, one thing that does bother me is the schedule's coming out. The schedule's coming out. The schedule's coming out. <laughs> and then it comes out and we're like, we already, we already knew, knew all this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't disagree. I mean, like this year is kind of, we knew, like, I mean, I would say, the last couple of years when NASCAR really was making these sweeping changes, like there was some, there was some unknowns of like, how is the playoff schedule going to lay out? Um, what track is going to have a date? What track is not? We kind it, it, you know, you kind of, you didn't really know this year. We already knew Chicago. Um, the athletic first reported. Uh, <laughs> you already knew North nice. Wilkesboro. <laughs> um, and so like, besides that though, you, you knew everything. Like that was kind of how it was going to lay out right. and then no playoff tracks were going to change. And, you look at that. So, yeah, it, it always it always cracks me up. But I think it's like a football fan, right? Like, you know, like the NFL, you know who your teams are going to play, you know, well in advance because it, yeah. the, the, the formula is pretty well known and it's pretty easy to figure out. But you don't know the dates. And so right. even as a football fan, you're like, oh, man, we actually have dates now like to put next to it. It's like you can kind of get excited because you actually know, like, I can start planning. And I think that is probably part of it is like, okay, you know that this race is going to happen here and you can get excited. But – you know, if people like it, that's what we're here for. That's absolutely right. 
Um, we got a question. What road course would you take away and replace with a different road course, if any? Ooh, good question. Um, ooh, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I would like to go back up to Montreal. Um, the, the Xfinity oh, Series cool. raced there for yeah. a, a long time. Or yeah. not a long time, but a few years. That was probably one of the best road courses slash street courses you're going to ever find. It's picturesque. The racing was phenomenal. It's a great market. I think going there is a, is a huge thing. Um, and you're asking which track I take road course I take off. Uh, I don't know. Co- I'm going to say Coda. And my reason for Coda is this though. It's just too darn big. Like the cars mm-hmm. get really spread out and it just kind of, it didn't, to me, the, the racing has been fine, but it hasn't been amazing. Even like road America, the rate, the racing at road America last two years has been fine. I mean, this year's right. race with Tyler Reddick and, and Chase Elliott was compelling, but it's not the kind of the, the slam bam, action yeah. you want to see in a road course yeah honestly if i'm going to do anything with the schedule i'm taking a date away from kansas and probably a date away from richmond and i'm going to add a short track or two there and go that direction because to me having fewer having tracks with two dates doesn't make a lot of sense like martinsville talladega daytona bristol you know there are tracks at legacy tracks so you just say hey they yeah, deserve two those days. are going to stay two days exactly but richmond and kansas they deserve one. I mean, that's it. And let's go somewhere else and let's get weird and let's try going to these short tracks. Like Nashville comes on in a couple of years. They take off Richmond and give me Nashville, and I'm fine with that. And let's try doing something. There's, there's other short tracks throughout the country that are kind of in the model of North Wilkesboro. Of like, hey, if we go there and spend a little bit of money, we can kind of spruce this up and maybe put on a good show. See, my thought with Kansas with the second date is if you take away a second Kansas state, I think you need to give the Midwest another race. Sure. They don't have a lot of races in the Midwest. And yeah. So if you like live around Kansas, it's like, man, you take away one of their dates and that's like, that's it for them. Uh, I mean, I'm from Texas. So when they were talking about taking away Texas dates, I was like, guys, please, I know it's a bad track, but we have nothing else. (laughs) That's the problem is like, Texas is not been a good race. So how do you justify having two races there when it's arguably the worst track in NASCAR? I, I, I get the market size. And everything else, and, and I, I mean, you want to cater to your fans, but you also have to have a product that resonates on television, and it doesn't. That's just—it's unfortunate, but the reality is, like, people look at Texas and they're like, "Ooh." What do you think happens to Texas? I think there's going to be a reconfiguration at Texas. You heard it here first, folks. It has to be. I think I don't know if you heard it here first. It's been banned <laughs> about quite a bit. Um, yeah, but I yeah, be, I think something happens. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of speculation that it's going to kind of go towards a, a super speedway esque. Uh, like Atlanta did. And I'm nervous with that. I'm nervous with like, hey, you know, hey, we built all these intermediate tracks in the 90s and look at this. Now we're taking them away. And like, hey, now we're going to make all these tracks like super speedway. I am okay with the new Atlanta. I like, like, it's like a, it's like a Mm -hmm. Bristol Dega. Like if they had a baby, it's a little super speedway. (laughs) And it's cool. It's cool and fun. It's different. I loved old Atlanta too now, but we got plenty of those. And I think you make a really good point in that this kind of reminds me of the intermediate track boom you had in the 90s and the early yep. 2000s where like everything new track was this. And it's like, okay, it's fine for now, but is it fine for long term? Like, yeah, it is really easy to spend other people's money and I'm really good at this. I, for the <laughs> life of me, do not have a good reason why you couldn't turn Texas Motor Speedway into like a three-quarter mile track like a Richmond or an Iowa Speedway and you could still build that grandstands up around it. Or if you really want to get crazy and you want to start replicating tracks, why do we not have another Bristol? Like, you don't think Bristol and, Ta- and, da- and yeah. Dallas, that market, would do well? Dude. Come on. like Make I an mean, asphalt you- Bristol. Yes. Yeah. See, now we're thinking. Now, yeah. Yes, there we go. All right, I have an idea. Roger Pinsky buys Texas. <laughs> and he takes that short track auto club idea and just does it to Texas and we keep auto club. And keep auto club. Stop like, messing with auto club, man. Like We finally I'd- have such a good race there. Like. It's I don't just, know why we're doing it's that. It's unfortunate the news is coming out now that they're like going forward with changing Auto Club right after we have like one of the best races there. Um, it's like taking one of your best old dogs out and like, I'm sorry, it's not oh, you, it's geez. me. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> the cuddle is in the country, by the way. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very sensitive when it comes to dogs. Oh, sorry. yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, I'm a huge like, dog person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're not. Well, you on the show, you're always like, yeah, screw kids. I don't want kids. No, no. Yeah. I, kids, <laughs> kids in marriage are like, don't say anything about dogs. dogs, though. I'm like, if you go to my Twitter page, 
and like you go to likes, it is all dog videos. Kid you not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, it's, it's... we got just a couple questions real quick, and these two kind of relate. Sure. But Nick was asking, uh, what got you into racing, like specifically NASCAR for work? Um, kind of a roundy journey. Like I became a motorsports fan, a racing fan as a kid. Uh, a friend of mine in sixth grade was going to a race uh, at the local fairgrounds, and I was like, "Oh, I want to go. That sounds cool." So I begged my parents to take me. I got hooked. I fell in love with nice. motorsports then. Um, for a career, I didn't really know it was obtainable. I actually went into journalism, um, wanted to do sports talk radio, and I sucked. Uh, <laughs> and then along the way, I kind of made a career detour and started writing. And I found out that I knew enough about uh, NASCAR and racing to, to write about it. And that's kind of how I got in this path. So that's the short answer. Um, and this kind of goes with it was how did you become someone that people could trust as a source to spread true news and not just um, glimmers of something that might be true? Really, really good question. I, and I guess the, the thing is, is you develop relations with people and, you know, contacts and they, people believe, you know, trust what you're doing and, and know that when you do, when, you don't, you don't be wrong. You don't report something that is not wrong, that you haven't vetted thoroughly. And everything that I report is vetted thoroughly with multiple sources and always dotting the I's, crossing the T's, and, you know, multiple, multiple times. You never, you can never do it enough. And so, knock on wood, um, have never been wrong about anything. And I think that bit reputation, you know, you just kind of build on that. And as long as you're honest with people and you don't try to mislead them, um, I, I think that helps you kind of develop credibility in, in how, how you're reporting. How, how do you find like a balance between interjecting kind of your own opinion or personality into something without being too overly opinionated? And just it's a good question. Um, yeah, when it comes to straight news, like it's just straight news. Like here's the facts, you know, right. the who's, the what's, the why's, the you know, when's, that kind of thing. Boom, 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 boom. And you leave it as is. And you, you let the news speak for itself. And then – you, you try and then you do separate pieces of like, here's a more analysis, nuanced, uh, opinion based thing. And you, you trust that the reader is going to understand like, hey, this is news over here. Over here is an opinion thing. Most readers, I would say the vast majority of readers understand that. Occasionally you'll get like somebody reads a news story and they're like, oh, you're putting your opinion in there. And it's like, well, no. And sometimes somebody reads an opinion piece and they're like, oh, I thought this was news. And there's some, you know, some, you know, some confusion, but I think for the most part, I think, especially our outlet here at the athletic, we're very clear on what is news and what is more of an opinion piece. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, specifically like a week ago when it was like <laughs> Jordan Bianchi, yeah. Kyle Bush reportedly going to RCR. It was like, we've all heard the rumors, yep. all, you know, it's all the rumblings. Everybody's talked about all summer. I was like, when you got it out there and I was like, well, that's not the, that's not bullshit. Yeah, like it's it's happening. That was one on the show when we were like, "Uh oh, he actually yeah. is going to go to RCR." Yeah, he's going. Yeah. yeah, and that was one that you know that it was a story that we had been working on for a long time, not just the RCR component, which you know we that didn't come together. I didn't finalize until late, but I mean, there this story really has been going on well since well back, you know, in the spring, and through the various journey to that point, there had been different teams that had looked at looked at and you're like, Oh man, he's going to probably go there. Like if you're asking me today, I'd put money on this team and that. And that this was a story that constantly changed. I mean, there was days where it like changed by the hour. And so you kind of, you have to be really, really careful about that because throughout this whole process, you're like, okay, I'm pretty confident that this is where it's going, but you just, you, you weren't sure. And you had that little bit of sliver of doubt. So you had to wait. And that's what we did. And it wasn't until the very end, Obviously, when we put out the story that he was going to RCR, like we had everything buttoned up and we were 100 percent right and accurate in what we reported. And that was the way that he's going to RCR because we knew at that point. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Penn had met paper and that a deal had been signed. Are you like, F, F it, I'm going to post it. Yeah, it ain't like that. I mean, there were, there were times you're just like, I just want this to be over. Can we just all move Please. on? But I will say, because it was one of those things too. Like, I mean, I think all of the parties involved kind of wanted this to be settled. Like Kyle didn't want to keep answering the questions, right? Right. Like he wanted to be it gets old. It. They beat it like a dead horse. Sometimes. I mean, he was like, making jokes on Twitter about alone. it. It was obvious. Yeah, and so <laughs> it happened and it was, it finally was put to bed and it would happen much later than everybody wanted, but here we are. And, and it's just one of those things that it took a while to do. Because there was, it was a lot of complicating factors, and it's not it's, as Kyle said, because he owns a truck series team, that really added a kind of a wrinkle in this that had to be accounted for. You know, speaking of you know big stories and Kyle Bush, for somebody that doesn't like to always be on TV, when Kyle Bush blew up at Bristol, I saw a dude in a fresh ass pink shirt <laughs> running up behind through the through the bu- toolboxes and everything with yeah. the camera and microphone i was like oh that's jordan right there look it's like a bum rush but i saw you like get out of the way <laughs> i will i i do not like to put myself front and center of the camera i'm very i don't do photos like i i am very i do not like i post you know like if somebody asks me to take a photo of them i will but taking a photo of myself like or you know on my own is something i will never do it's just i'm not i'm very self-conscious um but when it comes to like things like that it's like don't care like i need i want to be front and center because i want yeah. the story i want yeah, to be working. there in case something happens right. and i can report on it and the only way to do that sometimes is you have to get in front of things and that means you're on camera well i feel like as a company like if i if you work for me and i saw that i'd be like you know look at my guy right there getting in there getting happy <laughs> like he's doing work boy i'm gonna t- i'm gonna pass along this to my bosses please hey hey look at him, <laughs> Let you're, him in know. The, you're, you're in the trenches Let him know. Share gate <laughs> out there you. getting it uh-huh. um <laughs> So who's driving the 16 next year? What do, what do we think? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> good question, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a pretty good idea. I, I honestly don't feel comfortable saying. Okay, hey, no worries. I was speculating. Not a big deal like then. Yep. I have a pretty good idea. I think it's going to be a familiar face. Cool. But don't hold me to that. Yeah. All right. No biggie. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Oh, but man, hey. We're jumping all over the board here, but dude, Bristol happened into the playoffs. Oh, first yeah, that's round. right. Br- yeah, <laughs> I mean, who would have guessed Kyle Bush, Kevin Harvick, and Tyler Reddick? I mean, I think Austin Dillon kind of was an easy one, but all three heavy hitters hey. out first round, plagued by bad luck. I'd say I don't think it was a performance issue. Um, I think past, present, future RCR is out. Yeah, the craziest storyline, right? That's like and, and the timing. <laughs> the timing is like NASCAR works in mysterious ways sometimes. Story and writes and itself. it's weird how things happen. And I mean, I think Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick being out first round, just like you know, the 12, 24, and eleven and nine, just were like, whew, all right, get them out of here. Yeah, it's uh, it was surprising. Like, you could make a case for all three of those guys really making deep playoffs runs. And I really particularly liked Kyle Busch. I really liked Tyler Reddick. I thought he was one of those guys that could really make some noise. And Harvick, yeah. Harvick's Harvick. You never count him out. And they yeah. had a lot of speed. And I didn't think he was going to maybe make the championship four. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't, but it felt like he was going to be a factor. And all three are gone. And you look at it, you got four guys this year who are in their first playoffs ever and they're now moving on to the second round 12. yeah it's like <laughs> it's crazy right. seeing some of the names on there yeah, yeah. Um, looking at of, the points here i'm like cindric suarez right Briscoe? yeah <laughs> yeah of the guys that were knocked out what name surprised you the most i had to be kyle bush just because i know he only had one one this year and it was on the dirt but he had run really really well like he i mean he could easily have had like five or six wins this year if things would just been a little bit different with his luck and it's Joe Gibbs Racing. Joe Gibbs Racing has built really, really fast race cars. They've had a really good year. Um, and you just don't – Cowboys has never gone out in the first round. You could say the same thing about Harvick, but Stuart Haas Racing has not really performed to the level that Joe Gibbs Racing has. And, no, not at all. And Kyle Bush, and he just kind of felt like this. It would have been appropriate if Kyle Bush would have gone out on his career at Joe Gibbs racing with a championship and kind of like done the uh, Mike. Okay. Guy. Y'all like, didn't want me. I'm out of here. And yeah. I'm taking the title with that. been sweet. Uh, oh, for man. me personally, it was Tyler Reddick. Um, sure. I felt like the dude was on a tear all season. I thought he was going to be a sleeper to go far, maybe not final four, but right around there. I mean, uh, you personally, put for me, you, that was he makes it the final eight and if you put Homestead in there. I think uh, he's got a shot. There's yeah. a road there. Um, yeah, I mean, I was totally surprised. I was always, don't count out the 418, big dogs right there. 
Um, it's just crazy circumstances. I mean, guy, Kyle Busch blows up two of the three races. I, I, Kevin Harvick blows up, spontaneously combusts. Like, what is going on? I mean, partially next-gen car. We saw Bristol. It was almost like the Southern 500 went to Bristol instead because the cars couldn't keep up. It, guys were having tire woes. I mean, it was a whole debacle. Drivers were giving some very spicy interviews. <laughs> um, dude, yeah. I mean, you probably had a field day down there working. I love Bristol because it's uh, it's great. I mean, people there's always <laughs> something going on, right? Yeah. Like, whether people are people are always upset, whether it's because their car blew up or the mechanical failures or someone wrecked them. Like it, it, people are always upset at Bristol. You could give me all of the playoff races at Bristol, and I would not object. Dude, yeah, I can't. I, I it's also it's always a they can't miss race, and then I can't imagine working it. Um, but man, yeah. So now we're re racking the top twelve going to yeah. Texas, Dega, and Roval. Such a weird round. It's mm-hmm. like, it's chaotic and nuts. It's because Dega, and then, I mean, I feel like Roval's kind of s- sliding into like it's just a road course, sort of. I mean, I, I'm so, uh, you know, I'm so up and down with Roval. Like, I get it's like here, but then I'm also like, hey, we could run that over right, right there. There's, I mean, I, I, mean, I love right uh, I love Darlington, Kansas, Bristol, personally. Like, I love that. The, as your yeah, that is, the, me, the first round is the funnest. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, dude, Texas, I'm, I don't even know what to think about this weekend. I think somebody familiar gets into the victory lane, and we kind of just go on and, like, who's who didn't have a pit road trouble? Dag is going to be insane. And Roval's going to be, like, who can make up some points? But, I mean – Suarez, Cindric, Bowman, Briscoe, Blaney, Bell are all like four points from, or in Hamlin too, four points mm-hmm. from each other ish. Yeah, uh, and Bell. I feel bad for Bell because he was, was phenomenal in heater. round one. He yeah, had, I think he yep. had an average finish of fourth in round one, and that's incredible. And now he goes from like you know from really feeling really good about himself to like oh I'm only four points above the line. Yeah, I I think he's a super sleeper final four 100%. pick. 100%. I think he's making he's making huge moves. Uh, there's a lot of guys, and that's the one that one I love the playoffs. I, we're old school NASCAR fans, but I think what playoffs is one of the best things that happened to the sport. Um, I like I, I like you that's said the Dakota's mon- hot take. A lot of a lot of old mon- school fans don't yeah. agree with him. There. The monotony of oh Jeff Gordon's got to finish thirty first or better. You know Jimmy Johnson's just got to start. Uh, he won. He won the championship three races early. Why are we still racing? Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. It, it, it was. It was so old playoffs. And I know we kind of had to shake it up. Jimmy was destroying the field, but it was like I think it can still be tweaked some. Sure. I don't like that every round the points reset back to the starting or like it resets to your points. I would like if each round you just start the second round based on your first round's points, or then like start the third round based off of your first and second round points. I don't know. I, I'm not. A, I don't work for NASCAR. But no, I, I will say I'm a traditionalist by that sense. Like Southern 500, like that race oh, needs yeah. to be on Labor Day weekend, mm. and there are just some things you don't mess with. And I love short tracks. I want more short tracks. Yeah. I don't care about how the next gen car races on short tracks. We'll figure that out. <laughs> but like you though, I look at the point, the old point system of like you know one through thirty six, and it's like really like I'm sorry, that just does nothing for me. Uh-uh. And I don't think in this day and age you can do it. And I think the format that NASCAR has devised rewards consistency high-end consistency during the regular season and also like winning matters and also come the playoffs it's crazy it's every year yeah. it's unpredictable and i think you want that and you can debate whether winning a championship in this format is the same value of a championship of old and whether the um it's you know how you gauge winning championships now and whether it's it means anything that's fine but at the end of the day, this is also about entertainment, and having yep. this crazy ass format is pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah, and it and it doesn't take away their championships, in my opinion. Regardless of how you feel about the format, they won yeah. the championship; they're the champion. Yeah, yeah. That if you're in the final four and you beat the other three guys, you're the champion. And Dakota's a Harvick fan, and he still calls Chase Elliott a champion. So that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that says so, something. Yeah, absolutely. Is <laughs> And that's the problem I have is like the the fan base on Twitter is everybody loves a bitch. Yeah. Like when Matt Crafton won the truck championship without a win and people were complaining, it was like, it was, was he in the final four? Did he beat the other guys? Yeah. Then he won the championship. That's how this works. Like you go to the Super Bowl and you beat the other team, you win the Super Bowl. Like that's how this is. And I like, I love that. I love how it's like a game seven moment, final four, sudden death. 
That's I love that kind but of like. What, the what's the storyline going to be like when Ryan Blaney wins the championship with one winning only that single race, or doesn't win the race at all, finishes second ahead oh. of the other guys? You <laughs> yeah. know what? And people are going to no lose their win. minds if you know Chase Briscoe slips in here and wins a championship with one win at Phoenix or something. Jordan, as a journalist, does that excite you? <laughs> I mean, Blaney winning a championship is a big deal because he's one of NASCAR's yeah. young stars and yep. he is a very popular driver. So there's the caveat of like that you can't ignore that i mean it would be talked about if he finishes second and never wins a race this year Whew. there's probably gonna be people like hey wait a second i thought this was about winning but again performance matters just you just you just keep focusing on winning like him having to get there means he performed at an exceptionally high level exactly three, three rounds that needs to be rewarded i i, yeah. I always be always afraid to throw out the baby with the bathwater and say oh this format sucks because you maybe have a year where you have a champion that maybe doesn't quote unquote feel deserving I'm sorry, but I look at the way this format is, and even you know, really, it ain't since, easy. You've to, since you've gone to the knockout format in 2014, I can't point to one champion that wasn't deserving in some facet right. that I could make a yeah. case for. And I know Joey Logano, you know, in 2018, everybody's going to point to that and like, oh well, he didn't win that many races. I think it was three that year, maybe four. But at the end That's of the day, huge. He still had a really good yeah. year. And by right. the way, he went to Homestead in the championship race, and he beat the three winningest drivers in the year. He beat Truex, yeah. Harvick, and Kyle Busch. He beat them straight up. That sets yeah. up right. Yeah. Right. I went in there, just get to the final round, yeah. knocked them all out, dude. I think the I, like, I love thing, that. I think yeah. the funniest thing about Blaney, if he doesn't get a win and wins the championship, which I know is such a stretch, but really. the, funniest, the funniest thing about it, in my opinion, the story-wise, would be when Blaney was getting in, if you remember Daytona and Austin Dillon yeah, won, barely. everybody was bitching saying, oh, Austin got in, bullshit. Like, it shouldn't be just based on wins. It should be points. And watch Ryan Blaney win without getting a win, and the argument completely will flip. Well, <laughs> him at Bristol, him putting around Bristol, it was, right. the points were just dropping. Yeah. It was like, and then he skits by by hair going oh, in this round. Man. It's like, dude, if he skims his way to the final four and wins it, it'll Seen be Seeing those playoff points changing on the Jumbotron in yeah. Bristol, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with Blaney, though, is like, I don't have a stand in front of me, but there was uh, going into the playoffs. He had led more races this year total than any other driver. And he had finished the regular season, what, second or third in the point standings. Like, that has to be admired. And if you're an old school NASCAR fan, you can't look at that and not be impressed and say, well, that was that, that guy did what he needed to do. Could he, should he have won a race? Yeah, but he didn't. And he, he, but his high end, his high level, week to week consistency got him to that point, and that's something that we shouldn't diminish. They're all playing the same game with the same rules. I, 100%. That, yeah. That's how it works. Um, but, dude, we're gonna, we'll just jump in through some of our segments. Right. We're going to do our good and bad of Bristol. Good is going to be, for me, the crowd. The freaking <sighs> stackedest crowd I've seen in ages there. Reminded me of the good old days. My first Bristol race was in 03. I was at Dell Jr.'s Bristol win. The place was nuts. Um, in 04, I, it gave me those feelings back. Like, Bristol's back, baby. Um, I loved it. That was my good of Bristol. I mean, personally, as a fan, that is my first time ever at Bristol, seeing that crowd, I'm like, did I just get a little spoiled? Because that was a great-looking crowd. I'm hoping it just continues to look like that so I don't have to go back next year and be, like, disappointed with the crowd because that crowd was awesome. Uh, I mean, granted, we kind of expected it to be just because of the season and how the tracks have been. You know, we were just at Darlington just before that. That was nuts. So for me, the good is obviously just my first Bristol race in person. <laughs> like that was that was spectacular. Probably going to be on my annual rotation now. Um, nice. My wife will, I'm sure, be super happy to hear there's another track that's on that list. <laughs> uh, this is where I give mine. Yes, sir. Um, to me, I know some people will say this because it felt frustrating because of the car. But to me, the unpredictability and the fact that so many playoff drivers had issues and you didn't know what was going on and how many different leaders do we have had problems. Keselowski, Bell, Hamlin, Blaney, goes on and on. Like to me, that unpredictability, I, I love it. I like I like it when things you don't know what's going to happen and there's un something unforeseen that just adds an element to it that you don't always get. Hell yeah. You know what's funny? We talked about – we've been on here this whole time and never even brought up Chris Buescher. <laughs> <laughs> the non-playoff driver – three non-playoff drivers oh in the first God. round. Freaking unheard of. I thought that was the craziest storyline of the playoffs so far. I would agree, 100%. You, you get one. You know, you get one here and there. Or, you know, a guy gets knocked out and still wins, whatever. 
but three like scrub a dubs in the back just stole the wins. And it, it's kind of crazy because usually you see a guy, you know, oh, Denny wins the first race, he's already in the next round. Huge, he's a contender, right. but it's like, no, what the hell? But dude, I'm gonna take my bat of Bristol and I don't know if there's anything bad to say about but my you know what's gonna be bad is that the next time we come here, this place is gonna be covered in dirt. That is gonna be my bat of Bristol. <laughs> and uh unfortunately, however, the only thing I think too is like well, at this point, it's either a dirt race or we don't get two Bristols. So I'm like, I guess we'll. I'll just take Bristol dirt. Um, I already said my bad, having to convince my wife that this is another. Annual, <laughs> Good luck with that. Another annual race. It's like Darlington, Daytona, yeah. Talladega, and now Bristol. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mine is. I mean, it was a very compelling race. I think for a lot of different reasons because you didn't know it was going to happen, but um, the new car did struggle to race, you know, side by side yeah. guys did struggle to make pads. It wasn't to the level of excitement, if you will, on track excitement that you'd normally associate with Bristol. Um, it's just kind of a, a problem with this car. I think it's, you can't ignore it. That would be my quibble. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. The car, like, of course, it's fun being there. There was some compelling racing, but it wasn't that like guys falling off, guys coming from the back to the front, front to the back. It was almost like you watch guys battle to pass each other for fifty laps. Yeah, I mean, once Chris um, Busher took off on that restart, it was pretty much yeah, over. two tires pulled away, <laughs> like, and that, I think that's something yeah. that they will continue to fight against. But that'll take us right in our race rating. I, I hate to give Bristol an average score because oh, this place is so awesome. And to it's me. tough that we went to the race, you know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, Jordan, is when we go to races, they get ranked a lot higher. Um, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Completely different experience. But yeah, I'm going to give on the Richter scale, I think I'm going to give Bristol uh, 8 1. An eight one. See, yeah, how do you like? Uh, how do you rate Bristol after seeing it live? I'm just, I'm not yeah, sure where I'm being, to even I'm go. I'm being with modest, it. to be honest. Yeah, being there, I'm like, I want to give this bitch a nine, but like, I bet on TV, it was so so. That's another thing. That's a problem with going to races and watching, especially with some of the broadcasts. Is like, oh, well, NBC knocks it out of the park, but it's like, you know, night and day from being there. Um. Jordan, what would you give this? I, I want to copy whatever you're about to because I can't. <laughs> uh, see, I, I would say seven, cheat. six point nine, seven, somewhere in there. I mean, it was good. I thought it was compelling. It was exciting. You had a lot of drama, but the lack of – I didn't feel like you had that one Bristol moment like we had Harvick Elliott a year ago, right, of like, oh, man, that's Bristol. That's, that's what Bristol's all yeah. about. It felt like it was just mi- missing that one big juicy thing where you're like, that's yeah. why I love Bristol so okay. much because so-and-so shoved that guy out of the way, and then they got pissed at each other on pit road. All right. Well, I'm going to take yours, and I'm going to go with a 7-8. <laughs> I'm going to bump it up. I'm going to bump it up a little bit. Okay. But I, I liked where you were going. Well, that's the thing, that, too. So. It's like like you said, the Kevin Chase thing. It's like I, I think for a lot of races, the new cars put on a better show. But like I think the race, the 2021 Bristol race was probably better than this race. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Oh, man. So we'll switch gears real quick. I, we don't even like to talk about Texas, really. Sorry, Rattlesnake. It's his home track. But uh, man. we're going know, to Texas. Tough. There's not it's much tough. to talk about. Uh, yeah. I imagine a playoff driver wins. I don't think the streak goes on. I, I'm honestly, I, I mean, I don't know who I'm leaning. But uh, as an underdog, hell, it, can we count any of these new winners as an underdog still? I know, right? It, yeah. Usually this segment works really well. Because it's like the guys not in the playoffs rarely win. So this is like the underdog pick. But now, I mean, playoff guys can't win. So it's almost flipped. I don't understand. All right. I don't know what to think. Anymore. We'll still just do outside of playoffs. I'm going to yeah, go with – I'm going to go with Eric Jones. I'm not oh, sleeping on him. I was fast. actually thinking of Eric Jones as well. Um, but you know hot. what? You know what? 2311 has been killing it. I'm going to go Bubba. That's my pick right there. That's that would be oh, my wow. pick too. Intermediate tracks this year, they've had a lot Dude. of speed. Yeah, Toyota's been killing it. It's I wouldn't be shocked to see Bubba get another win. He should I mean, have I mean, honestly, he should have 
three, probably two or three, maybe, you know, depending yeah. on how look at it. He should have yes. a couple. He should have more wins than he has. It kind of reminds agree. me of Reddick. Like, you know, the last couple oh, yeah. years, Reddick's so hot. He's so fast. But then, like, couldn't ever really close. Couldn't get it yeah. done. But now Bubba's he's consistently more up there. He's get, he's already got that dub now. He's got the wins. No if rain. If he keeps doing this, do like I'm kind of next year, Bubba might be you know Bubba might be a force. His yeah. average finish, if you go back, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's pretty much after Nashville. I think it starts at New Hampshire. Is he had the best best or second best average finish out of anybody? Like he is really coming into his own. And people, yeah, and like the second half. Yeah, exactly. And he's really good at everywhere. And not. Just about everywhere. Like even road courses now, he's finishing well, which is always which was always a track that he kind of struggled on. Right. I I just always would give him super speedways, but yeah. now after this season, it's like, oh, okay, he can he can probably get it done. Yeah. There's really not many tracks now. I don't feel confident in him, and I think he's. It feels like next year really could be something special. I was going to say the problem is he doesn't get it done though. So I need him to start getting it done if I'm making these picks. I, I was like, he's learned. Like he is really coming to his own in, in terms of the mental preparation and how to handle things when things go wrong. If you listen to his radio, and I tend to listen to it a lot, you know, in New Nashville this year, it was like, like he was pissed at his yeah. pit crew, understandably, like hundred percent get it. Like oh, I would have been mad man. too. And his pit crew let him down again, and he was ranting and raving. But he, and even when things go wrong since then, you don't hear that on the radio. Like he's able to kind of compartmentalize a little bit and keep forward thinking. And that has really changed his outlook. And I think that has really impacted how he's raced. And it sounds silly to think that like how you mentally handle things can make you faster. But in his case, I think it's true. Well, I think the opposite kind of is happening to Ross right now. I think the, I think Ross has some mental things going on right now. Cause if you look at his average, if you look at his average finishes from when he started the problems with Denny, it has gone down drastically. So. He's just kind of been off the radar. He was yeah. blowing up this mm-hmm. like spring. Oh, he and was like, once all the Denny stuff happened. It's like he's just been there. We were calling him Kyle Larson at the beginning of the season. We we're like, this is the <laughs> next Kyle Larson right here. The guy can't lose. So yeah, they couldn't finish races, and that was the thing. Like yeah. they had a lot of speed, but they weren't yeah. finishing races, and that was worrisome because you need to you need to have that consistency. Speed's great, but finishes is, not, is one thing. He's another guy though too. You throw Reddick in that category. You throw Walt. There's a lot of guys you could add on this list this year. Who, who should have more wins than they do. Chastain certainly is one of them. Yeah. Truex. <laughs> Truex is on that, that list. Poor guy. <laughs> I, speaking of which, I think Truex could be a force weekend. But that's going to take Absolutely. my regular pick. And I'm just, with Toyota, I think they're going to be heaters. And I'm going to pick Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin's just going to go ahead and get himself right to the third round, skip Dagan and Roval. Yeah. Oh. That's my pick. Yep. Um, I'm going to go Blaney. Ooh, I, think yeah. I think he's finally going to get a win, which, by the way, would add another new winner, new winner. to uh, the season. What the <laughs> hell is what? going on? Just wild. Oh, man. It would be the first playoff winner to win in the playoffs and uh, a new winner. So that would just extend yeah. the storyline. He's really, yeah. really good at Texas, and he's that's a place he should have won a few races now and hasn't. It wouldn't shock me to see him win. The only concern I have there – is Penske's intermediate track program isn't yeah. quite to the level yeah. like, like, like Toyota? I like you could really honestly pick any Toyota driver, and I could see them winning this weekend. Penske struggled a little bit in the mile and a half racetrack, so that's concerning. Yeah, all I can all I, I can agree. say is on the money spot, just stay out. Old tires, it's not gonna <laughs> yep. matter. Uh, I'll be a crew chief. Oh man! All right, while we still got you on, Jordan, where's right. Reddit? Where's Reddit going for next year? Yeah, what do you believe okay. the bullshit? I don't believe it. I don't believe well, he's I have I my have my opinion. opinion. And you this don't have my... to tell us. You don't have to tell no, us. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, okay. honestly, okay. I mean, we don't right now it is what the situation is. Like yeah. right now it is 2311 is content with figuring out other options. Um, and RCR is moving forward with having three cars next year, three chartered cars, which I think is an important distinction. Mm-hmm. That is as the plan as of now. I think ultimately, and this is just my opinion, this is not any reporting, this is just my opinion. I think ultimately cooler heads prevail, and it makes too much sense for Tyler Reddick not to go to 2311. We don't know Kurt's status, and that's the big question here, right? Right, right. So let me just add this on there before I say anything else. Presuming Kurt isn't clear to race next year, they're going to need a driver for the 45 car, at least at the beginning of the year before he. So knowing that and knowing the fact that what it all costs to start a third team and to, to get the, the lease a charter, you know, all of that stuff. 
it doesn't make sense of why these two people can't sit in, these two teams can't get into a room and figure out some kind of deal where 2311 gets the driver that they want a year early and RCR is compensated that fairly, but not yeah. overly so. I just think that at the end of the day, Reddick to 2311 makes too much yeah. sense. Yeah, let bygones be bygones. I think we're playing a game of Monopoly here. Dollar, does, dollar bills it, talk. It does make too much sense. Do you think that it's more RCR wanting to hold on to one of the best young drivers right now to start their third charter? Or option two, um, Richard Childress is really still butthurt with how Tyler Reddick is handling. I, I think there's a lot of hard feelings. Like, okay, well, I mean, the third I, I, option there, was they don't want to pay. There's clearly some hard feelings, and the fact that Maybe it's a coincidence, and maybe I'm reading too much in the room maybe about this, but Tyler Reddick informed RCR that he's leaving, told the team one hour before the announcement. Oh, today. yeah. I Richard Childers so told Tyler Reddick that he was being shifted out of his team one hour before the announcement. Yeah. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Personally, I think that's fair. I love yeah. Tyler Reddick, and that's the thing. I love Tyler Reddick. He's a great dude. He's been on the show. Super nice guy. But I'm kind of like, I mean. I think Richard's like, I own you. Okay, you're not going. There's like, some hard feelings. Like, I mean, you. I mean, I'm not even, we're not even speculating. We know for a fact. Like that statement that Richard Childers Racing released our, you know, an hour or whatever it was after Reddick made his announcement said it all. Like they, in that closing part of that statement, it was like he was very obvious. He was upset. And I talked to Richard the next day, and Richard was very adamant. Like he was not happy. He was frustrated with how that played out. <laughs> you know how how you feel about all of this depends on your perspective. But I get it. I'm not saying I, you know, agree with it. Right. But I understand his perspective. But at the end of the day, like, are you going to spend all of this money, and, and because you're you're upset and hurt about what a business decision that someone else made, it just in the big picture doesn't seem to make sense. Like my my thought on the whole situation is like, do you think your boss at the Atlantic would be upset if an hour Athletic. before work <laughs> you told him, "Hey, I just got hired at ESPN, and I'm." going there now well i don't have a contract so i'm free to you know i mean but that's that would you know like i know my employer would not be happy yeah i mean would would my company be sad to lose me i would hope so (laughs) Um, i don't know depends on the day i suppose i mean they'd probably be upset to lose i I would hope they'd be upset to lose i think they would be I can i can tell you from uh no insider i i think they would be upset to lose you i was just gonna say like the thing with Reddick, though, is like he was very adamant. Like, I'm going to race my butt off for the next year and a half. Right. And a couple weeks later, he went and raced his butt off and didn't even won that race. And like yeah. he has done nothing not to live up to his end of the bargain. And I think that's very admirable. So, but because of that, don't you think that Richard Childress is like, well, why don't we just keep him for another season? Because he is racing his butt off. I. I mean, if you can keep Tyler Reddick and you have the ability, he's a hell of a driver, right? right. No one's, yeah. His talent's are crazy. You, you have a team with Kyle Busch and car. Tyler Reddick? But the question is, is like, is he going to be in a race car next year, though, Like, that's going to be capable yeah. of winning? We don't know. I mean, is he going to be – and this is not far-fetched to think. Like, he could be given, like, an R&D-type yeah. level of equipment. Like, he might hey, blow motors two out of three races. You might. I mean, it's not inconceivable. Like, right. he's losing his crew chief. We don't know who's going to be his crew chief next year. And, like, so right. there's all of these unknowns. And right. For talent standpoint, yeah, you want to keep Reddick, and he's going to make yeah. your organization better. But you have to make sure you put him in a situation sounds where awkward. he can help your organization. So do you think Richard Childress is putting that exit fee up really high, and that's why Denny isn't willing to pay that yes. bill? that is okay. what is happening. The, the, because the I thought it was surprising number, they weren't willing to pay it. But The number the number is too high for what okay. 2311 wants to pay. and. That's on them, and they know and that's it's, not on them. But that they have to—it's up to them then to find to find what that number is. And, right. and I'm not sure what that number is, and maybe they don't want to pay it at all. They just like you know what we're going to get by for a year, and we'll figure it out. But it, when I've been told the number that RCR has is more than it makes sense. If Reddick never announces he's leaving in the middle of the year, RCR never gets Kyle Busch. You're probably right. Yeah, that's I mean, that's right. You're, probably, you're right. You're 100 yeah. percent right, and you're 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 100 percent right, and that's a really good point. And I'll say that's actually something I never really thought of before you mentioned it. Like you're right though, because all, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm writing. I wrote a story today. I've been writing a story that'll be out tomorrow. I finished it today about Austin Dillon, and Austin Dillon said, like, when Reddick announced he was leaving, he was like, "We need to figure out what we're going to do to replace Reddick." And he was like. Why do we not go get Kyle Busch? He's sitting out there. So to your point, if Thank Reddick God, waits until the offseason or later to announce that he's leaving, 
RCR is not getting Kyle, are not getting Kyle Bush. They're settling for somebody far less. And yeah, so really. you're right. I mean, it did open the door. I probably calling up Austin that. Hill. Um, I mean, I will say, look, Austin, I, I, you know, Austin can race as long as he wants to race. He definitely has that option, but him uh, kind of brokering this deal with Kyle Bush, I think shows a clear future of team management with RCR. You're going to want to read my story tomorrow on the Hell yeah. Where, right. and, and Jordan, so why, why everybody's here? Where can we check you out? Where can we sure. check out that article? Yep. No Plug problem. Your stuff. Where can we see you? Athletic.com, the motorsports page. Uh, that's where you can see everything there. Uh, we are a subscription-based website, but we always have deals available. I think we even have a, like a, a deal right now for $1 for a month for like six months or something. So there's always great deals out there. And I promise you, if you're a fan of sports, you guys said college football. Like I signed up for the athletic years ago before I was even a, a working there because I am obsessed with college football. It is my absolute favorite sport in the world. And we are college football coverage is top notch. And if you love yep. sports, you're going to love our coverage. It's in-depth, behind-the-scenes look at, at everything. So that's where you can find it at theathletic.com. Definitely Hell best yeah. sports journalism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Thank it's you. great stuff. And it's all facts. <laughs> no, drop nothing but bombs. Jordan, we appreciate you <laughs> We appreciate you coming on here, we man. Do. It was an honor. Stick around for the outro, and we'll say bye properly. But, hey, everybody, Jordan Bianchi on Chairgating. We'll holler at y'all next week. Thanks, man. Later. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.